thank the choir for singing this morning, the Sinner Saved by Grace. I mean, that's exactly what this is all about. This service, as you can tell, is about communion. It's a special day. This is a special day when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Some call it communion. Some call it the Last Supper. But it was a day when everything changed for the disciples. Everything became different after that. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, everything should change. We should be looking at things different. The disciples had no clue about what was about to happen to them. Even Judas, who was going to betray him, who had already met with the chief priests at this point, didn't really know what he had done, though he realized it. And we can't forget that Judas met with the chief priests. These were preachers. These were students of the scripture. These were the church leaders. These people were very powerful and very important. Yet, what did they do? They could not get through. They were the ones that pushed the trial and the crucifixion. They're the ones that pushed it through. They're the ones that let it out. People in power sometimes get defensive. They have that power, and they're afraid that their power may be challenged. And that's exactly what happened to the chief priests. They were worried that all of a sudden their power was going to be taken away. This Jesus was getting too big a follower. This G- following, this Jesus spoke like they hadn't heard. They didn't understand what he was about. Judas didn't understand what he was about. None of them seemed to. He was doing the will of the Father. Jesus was out to change the kingdom, but not the way they were thinking. You see, everything in those days was thought of militarily as a big power, that kind of power. And Jesus could care less about military power. He wanted God's power. He wanted the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, God, all those things to come through. He wanted to show that to these people. He woke them up in a way, but in a way he didn't. We know that God's a God of details. I've told you before, he really does handle things. And even in this scripture passage, as you read, he says, there's going to be a man, you're going to say that the teacher needs your room, and he'll know exactly what you're saying, and had it already worked out. For them to meet the Passover. Now, think about this. Passover was the feast of the unleavened bread. It's celebrated when the the Israelites were freed from from the Egyptians, from Pharaoh. Remember, Jesus was... They had the death angel was going to come. He told them to what? Sacrifice a lamb. And when you sacrifice a lamb, put the blood over your doorpost, and the death angel will pass over. They were in a hurry to leave when they left. So the unleavened bread, they didn't have time for the yeast, for the bread to rise. They left, and that's kind of what the symbolism of unleavened bread is. That is where it's about. That the price of the lamb was paid so that they could live, and guess what? Jesus came to shed his blood so that he might cover us, so that we might live. See, we live eternally. We talk about death, but that's really not us. That's but a door to the next, what? To life eternal. That's all death is for those of us that believe in Christ and have his blood covering us. The death angel means nothing to us. Are we sad when someone dies? Of course we are. But it's not really for them, if they're a Christian, 
it's for us because we're going to miss them. We know that they're going to a much better place than this stuff. You know, let's face it. This world right now has got everything so crazy. The disciples did as Jesus directed. They had it all set up. And in a few minutes, we're going to celebrate something similar. But we have to understand that these men had spent close to three years with Jesus and were about to go through the most challenging 24 hours of their life. Everything was going to change. And they didn't understand. They thought they were just having the Passover meal and everything was going to be fine. Then Jesus brings up something uncomfortable. He tends to do that to us sometimes. He goes, one of you all are going to betray me. They could not fathom that. They were, what are you talking about? Not me? Can it be me? And they all went around the room. As I would say, they were shocked and appalled that Jesus would even say that. But no, Jesus had something in store. He knew what was coming. He understood what was coming, but they didn't. He, they couldn't imagine anyone betraying Jesus. They couldn't imagine themselves doing that. We also know Peter ends up denying him. He never would have thought he would have done that either. But even Judas, was, who had already made the plans, probably kind of went, no, you're just going to get this. This is just going to get things started. And a lot of people believe that Judas mainly did this to get Jesus to jump out and be the military leader he ought to be. And, of course, Judas didn't get it because Judas didn't really know who Jesus was. He really didn't. He thought he did. He said the right words. He didn't say the right things. But, you know, he wanted power. And power corrupts. All he could think about was the, that power and the Jesus says, no, but were they really listening? <laughs> it's like, like many of us, we hear what we want to hear. Don't we? Come on, we do. We hear what we want to hear. We, we, we hear the good stuff. I'm bad about it. I admit it. Janet will tell me stuff, and I'll hear what I want to hear out of the conversation. The stuff that I don't want to hear, I kind of block it out, you know? Or if I'm watching TV or something, I'm definitely block everything out, you know? But, but you see, we hear what we want to hear. The disciples heard all the good stuff, saw the miracles, and did all the love to love talk, and, and about how God loves them, and how that, they loved all that part. They did not want to hear about the suffering and death and Jesus dying and having to do all that. They couldn't fathom what was going to happen. No. And they surely weren't going to talk about betrayal. But yet, don't we do that? We rationalize what we do. We rationalize about all the things that, well, but you know, at this circumstance, and because this happened, I have to do this, and, and, we do, and we go there, and we end up betraying Christ in, in the middle of it. Do you really think you're honoring me, would be his question, with whatever you're doing, or whatever you're in, or whatever's going on? Then he asked Judas straight, Judas asked him rather, uh, is it me? Like he didn't know. And he goes, yeah, it's you. And John's version tells us that he left. It's interesting that he was the only one, John was the only one of the Gospels that mentioned that part. Um, but apparently, 
that was just a small part of what all happened that night. Judas leaving. But then, he gets into it a little bit deeper. Jesus wanted repentance. That's what he wants from us, is repentance. To turn away from the betrayal, to turn away from the evil, to turn away from all of that. He needs repentance. And that's hard for us because we don't like to think about that. When we go to take communion, this, that we're about to take, we need to remember that we have to get ourselves ready. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven tells us this, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord is an unworthy, in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Do we really want to be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord? So we're going to do a hymn of consecration in a few minutes. This hymn of consecration is a time for you to review yourself, to think about. You can come forward as an invitation. It's going to be a normal invitation kind of time. You're welcome to. Or in your seat, just the object of this is you're going to, as the song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. We're going to look to him. And the things of earth will go strangely dim when we're looking at Christ. All this stuff that's going on in our world today will grow dim because of what Christ has done for us. That is what we celebrate. That is why we're doing this. It's an invitation for you, but it's up to you to decide between you and God what you will do at this time. And I'm going to ask the musicians to come up and whoever's going to lead this, and, and we're getting ready to sing this right now. I'll be here if you'd like to make a decision but if you, this is your time to make, and this is a time to prepare as we're about to take the Lord's Supper. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
Responsive reading, I believe, at this time. And I hope he's got the words up there. Do I need to get a book? Do you have it? Okay, great. If you'll read the congregation, I'll read the leader. I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. With the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave thanks, he gave and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, the cup, after the supper, he's saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself. And so eat the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we should not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are chastened so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So Jesus took the elements and he told them what it represented. Not sure they really understood it yet, but after the next day they surely would. They understood Jesus would give up everything for them, for you, and for me. That is, that is the God we serve. The one that's willing to risk everything so that we could have eternal life and be saved. Think about that. He gave it all up for us. You've got one of these in your hands, I hope. If you'll put the bread side up, and you can open the top. He said to his disciples, this is my body given for you. Take, eat, Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you sacrificed and gave to us. We thank you that you are here for us. Lord, as we take this bread and this cup, help us to remember the sacrifice you made for us, that you willingly gave of yourself for us. Thank you. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So then, 
not only did he surrender his body, but he shed his blood. Remember, he was whipped. His body, his back was bleeding. They shoved a spear in his side, and blood and water came out. Blood sacrifice is required to cover sins. The good news is, we don't have to do sacrifices anymore. Jesus' sacrifice covered it all. Jesus paid it all for us so that we could have eternal life. Think about that. I can't fathom having to sacrifice an animal now and, and doing the drip the blood over the altar and doing all that. Jesus shed his blood to cover my sins so that I don't have to worry about that. Once and for all, he did this for us. So now if you'll turn, take your cup and put the juice side up and open it. Jesus said, this is my blood of the covenant which has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take, drink, and remember it's me. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for the forgiveness of sin. We thank you for shedding your blood for us. We are unworthy. We don't deserve this. But we are grateful. And we thank you and we love you. Thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you for all you're doing for us. Help us, Lord, to live for you, to share your love. In Jesus' name, amen. What an amazing sacrament this is. You think about it. This is an amazing thing when you, when you really spend the time to realize what we're celebrating. We rejoice in this honor. It's solemn. Yet, because of what Christ did, we can rejoice. We can ex be excited about what he has done for us. And we should rejoice and be glad that we have eternal life with him because of the sacrifice he made for us. That is the God we serve. And then at the end it said, this was a worship time, really, if you think about it, this whole thing. And that's why I wanted to celebrate today, worship together and combine everything together, because this is a worship time. And what did they do? They sang a hymn and left. And we're going to do the same. I'd like you all to stand. We're going to sing the chorus of Share His Love, because that's what we're to do is share the love of Christ to those around us. That's what we're going to do this afternoon when the community comes around. We're going to share his love. What an opportunity that is for us. This is true worship as we celebrate his love for us. Let's stand and sing.